You are Locked On Wild, your Minnesota Wild, every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Joe Bully. I am your host today. Riding solo, going solo today because Tony, uh, well, he had to work this evening. So that's kind of what's going on. I will be guiding the ship tonight. And uh, I guess where I'm going to start is kind of where we left off. Uh, We've kind of become a Kevin Fiala sort of podcast. And I guess deservedly so. I mean... He, he's definitely gathered uh, a lot of attention around the league. He's garnered some attention um, from the fan base who now have a player to buy tickets for, I guess, for this Minnesota Wild team. But uh, one thing that, that I'm going to talk about, and we've kind of talked about some of the big stats and kind of the absurdity that has been this Kevin Fiala run, but one thing that uh, struck me, I think it was right before FSN came back for the second intermission against the Predators on, uh, was that, Tuesday evening. They had like a feature of Kevin Fiala, and I don't know if this was on a Becoming Wild episode or where it came from, but he basically was 11-year-old Joe out in his out in, in the uh, the driveway of his yard shooting a tennis ball at the garage and, and creating spots and stuff like that. Now, obviously, he was more sophisticated than what I was doing, but that's what it looked like. I mean, he essentially was dry land stick handling and puck handling and uh, set up some pads so that, I mean, he all that was available was just the corners to shoot at. And he was, you know, stick handling through chairs. He had a machine that was... Uh, essentially giving him one-timers and things like that. And uh, I would have loved that at 11 years old, but uh, but that's what I did when I was a kid. Um, I didn't really play a whole lot of organized hockey, but I loved taking the, uh, the, the, the tennis ball and shooting it against the garage door. It drove my dad just wild because... You know, as the as the tennis ball gets wet, it tends to hold on kind of the the dirt and the grime that it rolls through as it's being stick handled through on the driveway, and it also creates these dark spots against a uh, the siding of the garage or the uh, the garage door, and so he used to just get so mad at me. But I just that's what I did. That's what I did when I was trying to uh, just pass the time as a kid when I was bored. I mean, I went out and just shot the the tennis ball because. Pucks obviously are too hard, uh, but that's what I did, and that's what it looked like Kevin Fiala was doing. And and what struck me about this too is that on all of the Becoming Wild shows that we've seen throughout the years, and and if you're not familiar, Becoming Wild is essentially kind of a day in the life of sort of behind the scenes feature series that is produced by the Minnesota Wild, and uh, they've they've followed players kind of kind of a day in their life, what they've done for their workout routine, their off season, that kind of thing. We get some, uh, little features here on, on Bill Guerin. I think the first year, uh, that they did, it was a, a really nice feature on, uh, kind of, kind of almost in the same vein as like the, the 24 seven road to the winter classic, which the wild are going to be a part of now with the winter classic coming to the twin cities in Minneapolis here at target field on uh, January 1st, 2021. 
Uh, it's going to be classic, apparently, is their slogan. But anyways, back to, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent, back to uh, kind of what the series is. It kind of goes through the day in the life of, and throughout all of these episodes, whether it's talking about whether they're following Eric Stahl or Ryan Donato or uh, Jason Zucker back in the day or whoever it's been, I don't remember seeing a player just doing dry land shooting drills, just just trying to label their shot for the uh, you know the upper corner and just working on that. And I don't necessarily want to say like, hey, that's why the Wild have issues scoring, but I do feel like, hey, maybe maybe they're not practicing it as much as maybe they should. Just simple things that, like I said, 11-year-old kid would do uh, just on a winter day, Petrina that was bored passing the time, just shooting the puck, just whatever, you know, obviously you got to work on other fundamentals such as skating and, and, um, and your, your puck skills and your six skills and, and, uh, you know, working as a team and stuff. But I wonder if like just practice in general has become so regimented and it's all about working out and getting stronger and things like that, that just, the simple fundamental things of just, I'm going to put a chair up and trying to dangle through all four legs before I take a shot. And you know what? It's going to be labeled for the upper top corner. And just how, like, even like the kids who don't have a ton of money to afford hockey were basically doing for years and years and years. Um, or when they were back, you know, when they were back in uh, um, peewees and mites and all that kind of stuff, when they were, uh, learning how to play the game or, and learning the game themselves. And I wonder if like there's comes a point where maybe you're just so good at your craft that you they don't think that they need to practice that anymore. And I'm obviously just projecting. I could be completely blowing smoke. But it just, I mean, you hear about the stuff that uh, Zach Parise does after, you know, at the end of practice where he basically stands in front of the net and just has pucks shot at him and he's going to just deflect them in. I mean, that's obviously a skill that's worked on. Like I said, I just it was something that struck me uh, because it reminded me of me as a kid and probably something that he's been doing since he's been a kid for Kevin Fiala. And I just thought it was kind of a cool, neat little thing. So uh, anyways, we're going to take a short break. But uh, the state tournament, uh, yeah, the Minnesota State High School tournament has started on Wednesday with the Class A bracket. And we're going to get into that in the next segment. You're listening to Lockdown Wild. Welcome back to Lockdown Wild here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your host, Joe Booley from ZoneCoverage.com, and I am captaining the ship solo today. Hopefully we don't hit any icebergs on the way. <laughs> That's probably the second time I've used a, a Titanic joke, which really isn't all that much of a joke. I should probably stop using that. But uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, the, the Minnesota State High School League has started the the uh, the, the tourney uh, 2020 here and uh, it starts with the the class a bracket um, and you know it, it started off with uh, well quite a few blowouts here uh, it started off with an 11 to 2 shellacking of of, of, of Mankato East slash Loyola um, from St. Cloud Cathedral St. Cloud Cathedral just was way too much and once and they got started early and just kept scoring off and 
they even had a one goal wiped off the uh, the scoreboard here after they uh, they reviewed, it, and I believe they just decided that it was offside and uh, running time was pretty much going from uh, from the middle of the second period. It it got out of hand quickly, and you kind of feel bad for those those kids on the Mankato side that uh, absolutely got embarrassed in front of all their friends and family across the state of Minnesota, really across the country. For those that are watching and streaming on uh, online as well. But uh, St. Cloud Cathedral has uh, kind of emerged as a, a pretty solid Class A team. They also usually bring some really great hockey here. I was kind of chuckling. I was following this during the day at work, and uh, it was just hilarious watching the kids with their big hair and their buzz cuts and and uh, just kind of everything that goes with it. And their, and their little mustache that uh, they could barely grow, but it just looked fantastic. Uh, I just I, I kept cracking up and... Uh, yeah, but it also started the the day of uh, of just kind of what it was with blowouts because we saw not only the the eleven to two shellacking, but uh, Hermantown uh, followed it up with a seven to one defeat of uh, Monticello. Monticello, the Moose, uh, was the kind of the 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 team that everyone uh, rallied around against the uh, the Hermantown Hawks. I believe in the championship game. This was probably. I don't know if it was last year, but it was definitely maybe two or three years ago now. Um, and uh, was was really a lot of fun. Uh, again, the, just kind of some that uh, a lot of people were able to rally around that underdog, but uh, they were no match for for Hermantown as uh, as Hermantown has been uh, been kind of uh, the 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 dynasty here in Class A bracket after for the longest time running into. Uh, the St. Thomas Academy cadets and always being kind of the bridesmaid, never the bride. Uh, in fact, I think because Hermantown lost so often to the private school in St. Thomas Academy, I think they were one of the louder voices that were hoping that St. Thomas Academy would move up to double a. And I think it was the first two years. I think after that, they lost to East grand forks twice the green wave, I think which which is one of the, the best, uh, nicknames in my book when it comes to um minnesota high school hockey and, and i like their jersey colors too with that kind of bright orange with the, with the green but again another tangent here but uh, yeah so they uh they end up beating monticello and then uh you know to start the second session uh hockey town is back in the uh, in the tournament with the war road warriors coming down from uh, from roll road and uh they get on the board and uh with and, and move on into uh, semifinal Friday with a nine to three win over Hutchinson. And I'm going to tell you, it really wasn't close. Hutchinson kind of put together a little bit of a rally in uh, in the late, late, late in the third period to kind of stop the running time. Uh, few, uh, probably a couple times before it just became, you know, the War Road Warriors were just too much. In fact, it was a couple players that really stood out. There was Grant Slikinski. Uh, who got a natural hat trick in the first six minutes and 22 seconds of the game. He also uh, had a factor in, I think, uh, yeah, the first four of the, uh, of the, no, I'm sorry. It was the first five goals for War Road and um, had, was just shy of some some guy named John Mayasich, um, you know, the grandfather of, 
of hockey here in, in the state of Minnesota out of Eveleth who, for record points in a period at the state tournament. Uh, absolutely incredible what Sklikinski w- was able to do. But I'm going to tell you, the one player outside of Sklikinski, or, I'm sorry, yeah, Sklik, Slukinski, I'm going to get that name right. I should be able to say that right. I live in a town that uh, is predominantly of Czech heritage. So you want to talk about too many consonants and too many uh, names that might be difficult to say. Uh, come down to New Prague and just look, walk through the uh, the graveyard because uh, you'll have, you'll get tongue-tied. Anyways, um, but uh, War Road has uh, a freshman, number 17, named Jason Shagabe. Shagabe. Jason Shagabe. And this kid was a stud. He scored another hat trick. This was the the Warriors' second hat trick of the game. And he made a move uh, for a wraparound goal that looked as every bit as dynamic as I've ever seen uh, someone play at the state tournament. It looked like he was playing a video game out there. And for a freshman who's got another three years at this, at this crack, um, with a growth spurt hopefully coming along the way. This kid is something to keep an eye on for the future, um, whether that's uh, eventually in for the draft or for uh, college recruiting or, you know, it's just, it's one of those things like this kid has got something that is really special out of war road. Uh, again, a team that is stacked with hockey talent and also, um, uh, you know, the way he was showing off in the, uh, at the state tournament, which is, you know, the, the, the state's hockey premier showcase. And, um, he, he really had a coming out party too. So two guys for the war road warriors that really, really showed up and really wowed the the crowd. And lastly of this recording, the Delano Tigers were up two to one against the Matamidai Zephyrs and, uh, uh, probably the closest matchup so far we've seen in the tournament. And, uh, you know, it is fun, those four or five matchups. Those those are the ones that tend to go into overtime, and those are the ones that tend to uh, have some magic when they get into overtime because they the teams are so evenly matched. Speaking of evenly matched, we get into the Class AA bracket. And from top to bottom, you can really make a case for just about any of these teams on this list. Um, it looks like we're going to start off the day with Eden Prairie taking on Lakeville South. Uh, both teams have been in the tournament have been have won at the tournament and uh again just uh, they've been really really great uh hockey teams in this um in this last decade so but they're starting off the day on on quarterfinal Thursday here for the class double A uh, and um you know that's coming right after the uh, the Maple Grove game against Blake uh last time I think we saw Blake was uh, during hockey day Minnesota and they absolutely uh had a, a dominant win there. Um, again, Maple Grove might be the might be the lower team on this, but they've got a solid team too, uh, especially on the come here too. That that team is uh, is been improving, and Blake has got uh, is being coached by um, by former uh, nineteen eighty Olympic team star Rob McClanahan. Uh, so uh, definitely look out for that team as well. But then you get into the nightcaps here and uh, Andover, which seems to me like has kind of come out of nowhere as as a real hockey hotbed powerhouse here um you know andover is the home of uh maddie rooney who was 
the uh, the goaltender for the U.S. Women's Olympic team uh, back in the uh, PyeongChang Olympics and helped lead USA over Canada. But and the girls' team won, ended up winning state just this year. So now their their boys' team has, gets a crack at the state tournament, and they're in the top seed in the tournament. And they'll play against the St. Thomas Academy, who comes in at the eighth seed. Which, if we know about St. Thomas Academy, that they've always got a really good skilled team as well. Uh, just maybe watch the uh, the uh, the celebrations that they always do because they seem to take that to the nth degree. And then finally, we get another four or five matchup between Moorhead. The Spuds are back in town. Uh, they seem to always be one of those perennial state tournament teams. They do have a, a tough section, but um, they just continue to to dominate as well. And they're going to go against Metro Powerhouse Hill Murray, and um, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how. That goes as well. Hill Murray at Blee uh, just uh, edged out the White Bear Lake White Bears as well. Um, really, uh, really tough section they came out of. And um, again, you could make a case for any of these teams winning the state championship. And uh, I, I don't foresee any uh, anything happening in the class double A bracket when it, in terms of blowouts like we saw in the class a bracket so uh, exciting bit of hockey to to stay stay tuned to uh coming up uh basically for throughout the rest of the week but uh as the class double a bracket gets underway here on thursday just a fun time to be a hockey fan in the state of minnesota uh which i mean it is march now so you know, we get into kind of the mad season here with state tournaments wrapping up. We've got, uh, you know, basketball tournaments beginning and likely, you know, ending here into April. We've got the Wild on a playoff stretch run here. Hopefully that they can make it after a big win to leapfrog the uh, the Nashville Predators here on Tuesday. Um, they play against San Jose here tonight. So uh, another West Coast swing against some really bad teams where they can make up more ground too. Who knows? Um but I'm going to get into that a little bit. Not so much on the, the stretch run, but there was a question uh, that came to the inbox about, um, you know, just kind of a rebuild in general. And if if the emergence of Fiala maybe quickens that rebuild. So I'm going to touch on that in the next segment. I hope you stay tuned through the break. You're listening to Locked on Wild. Welcome back to the final segment here on Lockdown Wild. You're listening to Joe from ZoneCoverage.com. And uh, no Tony today, so uh, you can check out. He answered a bunch of mailbag questions on yesterday's show. And uh, he'll be back for Friday's Listener's Choice as well. A question came to the email inbox for Lockdown Wild. And it kind of questioned about, um, does the emergence of Kevin Fiala and the coming of... uh, Kirill Kaprizov maybe quicken a rebuild. And I would say that yes and no. Tony doesn't seem to believe that a rebuild on the fly is successful, and I mostly agree with that. The big thing is here, I believe that this team is one really, really good center away. How you go about acquiring that center is, you know, Bill Guerin's job. Let's say they're able to get that. They have goaltending to fix too. So let's say they are a goaltender and a center away. 
I believe that if they just fix goaltending, this team could be a playoff team again. They'll be back in the postseason as early as next year if that happens. Because we've seen that when this team gets league average goaltending, and we're talking like 9-12, say a percentage, is like right around league average, I believe. If we get anything close, if the Wild get anything close to that, they could be a really good team. Now, ultimately, being a playoff season is great for the the um, the owner because he gets those those two home games, which uh, you know allow them to uh, to continue to operate without really losing any money. Because I I heard I think on one of the podcasts from Michael Russo that uh, that Leopold budgets for two playoff games um, in order to you know in order to operate essentially. So if you're looking for the Wild to make it back to the postseason, yes, you can rebuild this on the fly, and they could be as good next year if they play their cards right with goaltending. But I don't know if that's necessarily the correct way to go about it. I'm more on Tony's side when it comes to this, when it says, no, you need to kind of suck for a little bit in order to get those high draft picks. And I think you know, you're looking at good players like... Uh, Adam Beckman, who just scored 100 points in the uh, the WHL. You've got Alexander Havanov, who's coming, uh, probably turning pro next year, in the in in the queue, who is having another stellar season. Got Kaprizov coming over. You've got uh, Jerry Mayhew down in the minors, who might be able to get an opportunity next season. Uh, Fiala has emerged this year, and hopefully he can continue this kind of development and showing next year. It's uh, just being more consistent. Um, this team can be good and be a playoff team. But in order to win that Stanley Cup, I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah, I don't even know where I was going with it. In order to, to, to compete for a Stanley Cup, this team needs more. It needs a lot more. And, you know, it's nice that some of the prospects are doing well, but what they are right now is unproven talent. It's nice that they are showing what they show, and hopefully this new uh, this new regime in front in the front office for the Wild gives these players real chances and opportunity to really show what they're made of and and whether or not they can hack it here in the NHL. At the same time, you need that talent to develop, and you need to make, get more talent in the system as well. And the only way to do that is to get high draft picks. You know, if they were to take this year and they were able to get a, a real full-fledged 18-year-old center that came into the league and was able to light the league on fire like like some of the, the players have on other teams, like I, I think Nathan McKinnon is, comes to mind. Um, you know, some of these really, really young players that Toronto's got. At the same time, like, we want we want this team to be a cup contender Playoff contender is fine. I mean, they're already contending for a playoff season or playoff spot right now. I don't think they're going to go anywhere because I still think goaltending is is shaky, and I still I still think that they lack the center depth and and overall star power to really do much in the postseason. But Leopold may get his two games and be happy. At the uh, but if he's really looking to you know, rebuild this team into a real legit 
cup contender where we're not talking a one and done in the first round of the postseason. We're not talking about making it to the second round and being happy with that. We're talking about a real legit deep run, perhaps to uh, the Western Conference Finals multiple years and cracking into those finals and potentially even winning a cup. This team needs to needs to get better through the draft and through young players or making smart trades. And so if you're looking for the postseason, yes, this team will likely be a, a playoff contender. But a real legit Stanley Cup contender, this team needs more time than just the emergence of, of Kevin Fiala and the 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 arrival of Kirill Kaprasov. Who knows? They might light the world on fire and uh, and they might surprise us all. But ultimately that end goal should be that that silver chalice that gets raised above everybody's head at the end of the season. And this team needs to needs to really take a step back and not worry so much about those two home games in the postseason and uh, and look for capitalizing on, on more of that. So, all right, that's going to do it for me on today's show. If you liked today's show, please hit the subscribe button so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or really whatever podcast service you use because it does help us out with all the algorithms and everything out there to help us get found by other Minnesota Wild fans such as yourself. You can also follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at LockedOnWild, and you can also get in touch with us via email if you do not have Twitter. Just go to and email us to our inbox, LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thanks a lot for listening to Locked on Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day.